Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Grip Wild Men Who Matter podcast. We are very excited to be back. We've taken a little hiatus, and not because we got lazy, but because we have been working on a really cool project for the last two months. Uh, You've probably heard about it uh, if you listen to our podcast, but we have dove in deep to developing a 10-week men's small group video series that um, has, has really been a blessing, but it has really been a undertaking on our part, our resources, our time, our efforts. And But here we are on a rainy day in Alabama, and we looked at each other and said, let's get in there and get a podcast recorded. What is up, Brando? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are hiding out from the rain, the much-needed rain here in Alabama, dude. It's been dry. It and, is uh, soaking right now. I mean, but it, it is, is not dry anymore. It is not. <laughs> There's no telling how much rain we've actually had today. It had to have been a couple inches. Yeah. And, and, to, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot if you're not in the world of rain, but a couple inches of rain is a lot. Yeah, especially when it falls before lunch. Yes, and so, so I'm good, man. I'm good to be back. You know, I took a little trip. You did while we were uh, while we were working, aka sorry sucker. <laughs> I, I got. I, I guess I get, had to go back and get my mountain fix. I hadn't been for two months. Absolutely. So. so, so Brandon has just come back from a week in the mountains, but this time not the mountains of Colorado. The mountain, I guess, of Wyoming. Is it a mountain or is it more? Is it a val? Are they valleys? So we were in the high desert prairie on the edge of the Bighorn Mountains. Okay, okay, yeah, so right up there in Buffalo, Wyoming. Buffalo, Wyoming, and so you were out there with some guys, and you you guys were chasing the old pronghorn, right? They call them the speed goats, Steve. The old speed goats, <laughs> the second fastest land animal in the world, and I can personally now attest to seeing just how fast that is. Wow. So so tell us about this like paint a picture for us. Paint a picture of what was going on out in Wyoming. Let me let me close my eyes and and help me be there. I want to be there with you, Brandon. So so just close your eyes and picture like a vast flat wide open prairie. And then take that picture and crumple it up and throw it away because there was no flat anything in Wyoming. <laughs> we man, we I had the great opportunity to join a couple buddies of mine. And they've been going out there hunting pronghorn for several years and invited me along to tote the camera. Um, and it was an adventure. I knew I knew on the front end I was probably getting into something that, you know, I, I knew I was getting into something I'd never done. And I knew I'd be pushing the limits, you know, physically and trying to keep up with these guys. But I'm so glad I went. It was an amazing experience. We flew out uh, on a Sunday Got in late at night, kind of hit the hotel around midnight. Hey, we're going to meet in the morning. We're going to get after it. Man, the first two days, Monday and Tuesday, it was beautiful. It was 65 degrees, blue skies, that 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 real dark blue that you get when you get up around 10,000 feet, you know, that really deep blue. And we're out there on the prairie. We're hiking, got all the gear. We probably averaged, you know, between five and eight miles a day you know, chasing these these goats across the prairie. And here's what's crazy. I'd never seen one in person. I bet I saw a thousand antelope in the five days we were in the field. But the minute that you crossed onto the public land where we were hunting, it's like they were standing at the gate waving to you. (laughs) 
They it's like they have a map and they know, right? So we 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 was a hard hunt, man. We were we had to get get in there and get deep, get up high where we could see and try to find them. So, but after the first two days of being beautiful weather, we woke up on Wednesday morning and it was 15 degrees. The snow was falling and the wind chill was minus five. So that was a shocker. Wow, like. I mean, it's one thing to walk into a situation where it's cold, you know, but to walk into a situation where it's a drastic shift in the middle of that. I mean, your body just, your body panics. I don't think I've ever experienced a 50 degree swing. That's crazy. And so, yeah, you know, fortunately, people have asked me since I've been back, man, were you prepared for that? And and I just kind of laugh because if you, if you spend time outdoors or you spend time hunting, and chasing animals, you you tend to check the weather before you go anywhere. But but yes, you're right. So you know to cut you off there. Yeah, we're usually prepared as outdoorsmen, but it's it's hard to prepare for a 50 degree swing because you don't normally take that much gear. Right? That's two different setups. That's three different setups, really, if you think about it. So I mean, were you really actually prepared? I literally brought, except for one jacket. Every piece of hunting clothing, base layer, under layer, over layer, top layer, waterproof layer, I literally brought everything I owned. Can you think about seeing this guy in the airport with all these, <laughs> these bags and suitcases? <laughs> Delta <laughs> Airlines is loving me every time I come to the counter, boy. Uh, oh. So, yeah, but we, it, it was crazy because we were, we were kind of in the same areas. We were hunting this public, you know, BLM land and Bureau of Land Management, just big, wide open spaces, but... Man, things changed overnight. When the weather changed, the scenery changed. It didn't even look like the same, same places. Now, it, it didn't change the animals. We saw animals every day, but when you're when you're hiking up the side of a pretty steep incline in a thirty mile an hour north wind, and it's just whipping snow in your face, there's a lot of internal dialogue that's happening, <laughs> right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm out here. I don't even have a tag or a gun. Like what kind of guy just does that? Just carrying a camera. Just what carry- kind of? And in fact, one of the guys that that I met while I was there, he he said, "Man, when I heard you were coming, and you weren't bringing a gun, you were just bringing a camera." I had to ask these other guys, "Is he delusional? <laughs> like who does that?" And I I think I questioned that myself a few times as we were in the snow, but it was it was crazy, just really crazy over the course of uh of five or five and a half days hunting how we experienced such a swing and we ended up knocking down an antelope it was pretty cool uh good friend of mine paul he's really uh, really sharp guy ballistic he's an engineer so he's really good on the numbers and with the ballistics and he was able to poke out there and get one at 513 yards um that's a little bit of a, a layup shot isn't it yeah he's he's got some really good equipment but I'd never seen anything shot that far out. Yeah. And so, like, there's a definite delay, right, <laughs> from when you pull the trigger and you actually see what happens. Yeah. And what's so cool is I went back and I had a, a really uh, a really telephoto lens on the camera, and when I slowed the footage down, you can actually see the bullet going through the air as it's getting to the antelope. Not You can't actually see the bullet, but you can see the waves, like the sonic waves uh-huh. of that bullet breaking through. It's so pretty cool. Wh- why have I not seen this footage? Like, this that's crazy. Like, what are you holding out for, man? <laughs> I'm saving it for the premiere, right? But I, I was really, I thought it was a really good opportunity for me, and, and I was really fortunate and glad to do it because I like to go into a situation like that looking for a story. You know, 
oftentimes when I go on an experience like that, much like we did in Colorado and we've been other places, I come back with just great stories about what happened, but then I spend a lot of time chewing on what I've learned kind of in my own space. You know, what God's teaching me in those moments. What do I see? What am I learning? And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, I'm not a hiker. Like hiking's not my thing on the weekend. Let's go lace up the boots and let's go walk up a hill. Uh, I I love being outside, but you know, that's what four wheelers are for. Um, but pushing myself like that for five days over and over. And it was usually twice a day. We'd go out in the morning, we'd come back to the truck, we'd eat lunch. We'd sit there for about an hour and think about, we want to take a nap and then remember, no, we're here to do this and have to will ourselves back into it. And I, I kid you not every day when we got ready to get out of the car after lunch. So you had a ham sandwich and a bottle of water, you you know, a handful of M&Ms and you're feeling like, Oh, I feel good. It's finally warm. I'm not, my legs aren't hurting. You look over there and look at that door handle and know I'm about to have to get out there in it again. And, uh, wow. So what, what is, uh, I mean, obviously I think anytime anybody who's been, you know, I consider that kind of, you know, adventurous hunting and or, or really anybody who spends any time in the outdoor, any time in nature, um, but even more so in kind of pressed extreme conditions, conditions where you're, you're you're really being pushed to live out your goal. Um, I mean, obviously God probably showed you some stuff, and so, I mean, what 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 were some of your takeaways, man? You know, the the views are amazing. Anytime you get to go out that way, uh, you know, where we are in Alabama, it's hard to see that far. You know, we got mm-hmm. a lot of trees. Absolutely. Uh, and even when you get up in the high places in Alabama, it's 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 a lot of trees. So. When you get into a place where you get such a different perspective, it makes me think about perspective in general. You know, it's always easier to see further when you're up higher. And sometimes in life, you got you to gotta get to a higher perspective to be able to see beyond whatever's in front of you. You know, if you're in the middle of a mess, if you can get above it, change your perspective and see beyond it, mm-hmm. there's hope there, right? Yeah. But for me, one of the biggest takeaways that I came home with, and I've been chewing on it for two weeks now, when we're hiking, I mean, the snow's falling, it's slick, it's steep, and we start at the bottom. So on Wednesday, we went to a new spot we hadn't been to all week. It was after lunch, and just like I mentioned before, we were kind of in that post-lunch. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable right now. I don't really want to get back out there in it. And we're sitting in the car, and we were we were sitting in the car, and we were kind of parked up. We had driven to this new piece of land, and we were, we were kind of sitting up on a ridge, kind of looking out over it. and course when you're hunting like that everything revolves around the mapping software that you have so we're studying the map to see you know where the property lines are where we can and can't go you know and we're looking at this map and we find this place that looks really good on 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 the map and start mapping it out and we look out of the car window and you can see the ridge line well it's right there it's just that ridge line if we get on top of that it'll open up go back to the map and kind of do the calculation and it's about a mile from where we're where we're parked on the road and so we kind of suit up, we get out, kind of take a deep breath. Here we go. So we start out and we're going to this point and we, we kind of make our way down in the valley. We, we cross a fence line and now we're at the base of the hill and we're looking up this, this giant incline about a half a mile up to, to the pinnacle of this, this ridge. And I realized it is so demoralizing 
when you're at the bottom of a hill and you're just looking at the top. I mean, it looks like it's forever away, you know? And even if you're at the bottom of the hill and you're walking, you start climbing. If your focus is on the top of that mountain, man, it doesn't seem like it gets any closer. Like the harder you walk, the more you press, the harder I'm breathing and churning my legs. Like that point on the top of that mountain is not getting closer, it seems, you know? But what I learned was day after day, I would just lock my focus in on the back of the guy's boots in front of me. And as long as his legs were churning, my legs were churning. So I was just one step, one step. I became very familiar with the back of Aaron's boots, right? And he would go until he stopped to breathe. I would go until he stopped. When he stopped, I stopped. When he'd walk, I'd walk. And every time you do that, you look up after about, you know, 30, 40 yards and you start chunking away. And the top of that mountain gets closer and gets closer. And I don't know why it stuck with me, but, you know, we'd get to the top of the ridge and kind of unpack and settle in and watch what was going on. But I'm always replaying in my head, wow, that was a long way when I was standing down there. But when you get to the top and look back down, it doesn't look nearly as far as it did from the bottom looking up. And that concept of just, man, put your eyes on the guy in front of you and just move when he moves, just move when he moves. And I think we've talked about that a few different times with a few different people. I remember when our buddy Jason was on talking about his bear hunt in Alaska and having to pack out all that weight and the importance of having somebody with him to keep pushing him when it was heavy and was hard to walk. And it just hit home for me in the field while I was out in Wyoming. That's good, man. I, I love that perspective of of not only what it took for you, I think, even in the midst of doing something that probably was speaking to your soul and was was a soul tie for you, it was still very difficult. And so having that perspective of of what it was going to take to get through this challenging um, adventure. And that's why I, I love them. I, I love this idea of adventure hunting. I, I, you know, just quote-unquote adventure hunting because there's often an element in that hunt that is very challenging and 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 we always talk about how and as 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 much as it stinks and you're like ah why does it have to be that way man that's we learn the most and that's where we experience the most and that's where we will always experience our greatest potential in our lives and 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 where we will be uh we will we'll, where we will see and understand maybe truly why we're here and what our purpose is for it will come in our pressed time but all of us who are pressed and come out the other side well and have grown and have experienced the more in our life because of that pressing, I think the common denominator is we've we've been able to identify somebody or something to keep our eyes fixed on, somebody to follow in their footsteps. And so that was a I think that was a beautiful representation of just the reality of what it's going to take, not only to uh, be successful in an in an environment like that, whether you're hunting, hiking, you know, wh- whatever, but it's also a beautiful picture of what it's going to take in your life and in your growth and in your experience uh, to get where you're trying to go. Is who are you following? Who are you following? You know, you hear us talk about all the time that you were not meant to do this thing alone, and you're and you're not. But but taking that to the next level is 
you also need to have someone who can tug you along and who can who can show you not show you your path because ultimately I think your path you have to figure out, but it can at least guide you in 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 the the potential pitfalls and the and 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 the stumbling blocks and man it it looks good right, but I went right once. And I'm just telling you, you probably need to go left. And to have somebody in your life like that, that you can follow in their steps and follow in their experience to ultimately navigate your own journey is beautiful. And I think if we can grab a hold of that in our lives and we can achieve that and find that person and even be just willing to do it, like drop your pride and be willing to find some the back of somebody's boots to follow every waking step, to lock your eyes in on and chase everything that they chase. I mean, I think it's a, a, a beautiful, beautiful picture. And so here, here's where it lands for me. I needed his boots in my vision when I was pushing uphill, when the, when the weight was heavy, when I was tired. I didn't need him on my way down. Mm-hmm. I didn't need anybody yeah. to encourage me when it was easy, mm-hmm. right? When I had the momentum, yeah. When I when when we were headed back to the car, quote unquote, right? I knew my way, right? I could see it in the distance. But it's when the times are tough, and I was exhausted, and I thought I was done, that I would look ahead, and when he was moving, I kept moving, and it was encouragement, right? Mm. That's when we got to have that. Yeah. That's when you, that's when it becomes so important to have other people around you and have somebody's boots in front of you, somebody to follow. Is the moment that you are willing to give up. Mm-hmm. That's what'll pull you through. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, I mean, some of you may be listening to this and thinking, you know, I don't really need any encouragement. And I'm sorry to say, but your time's coming. Your time's the time's coming for all of us. That man, it's it's gonna be hard. There's gonna be some peaks and valleys and. You know, there's going to be times where 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 we're digging out of quicksand. It feels like, and man, praise God if you're not there. But just know that there's going to be a season of your life where you are need you're going to need somebody or people surrounding you to help you navigate through that challenging, difficult, hard season in your life. And and I think Brandon, my biggest encouragement for 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 the listeners and really for everybody is you cannot wait until you're in the darkness until you're in the grind to decide whether you're going to be willing to do that and so what are you doing now to prepare yourself to put people in your life to put a person in your life that that you can trust and that you know is seasoned and 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 that they're they're worth following, right? That it is of value to fix your eyes on their the back of their heels and their boots. Um, and so start now, start now identifying those people because we don't ever know when that hard season's coming. It could happen in the blink of an eye, right? Or it could be something that you know you have to prepare for. You will be your greatest. You will become your greatest. You will experience your greatest. You're the closest you'll ever get to your true gifting, your true abilities, your true purpose. You will experience that in a difficult season, not an easy season. 
It just doesn't happen. Hard seasons in your life are very valuable, but how are you going to prepare yourself to win those hard seasons? And, and, and the main thing is, I think, is making sure you have people around you and someone to follow in that hard time. Well, guys, obviously, Brandon... Uh, time in Wyoming is 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 coveted on my end and probably on a lot of your others and and next trip is mine FYI um, <laughs> but I'm glad you had a good time and that you really kind of saw some cool things and um, and even the idea of of harvesting an animal at 513 yards is is pretty um, spectacular um, but mainly I, I, guys I hope I hope that this was encouraging to you just to gain that perspective just again a nugget to chew on in your journey in in your process and so until next week or next time um, guys find somebody to follow and stick close to them and I think if you do, You'll not only be a man who matters, but you'll feel like a man who matters, especially in your hardest seasons. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. 